0: Because I tell people this all the time, like, dude, your kids don't give two craps what you leave them in the future. They want daddy right now. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't make everything, but I make sure of my darndest that I try to make everything I can. Your kids don't care what you leave them. They care about you being there now. 100%. 100%. 100%. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining yet another episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I'm Scott, and I'm pumped to have my friend, Austin Montgomery, with me here today. He is a business owner, obviously a dad of two kids, pretty young, five and three. And uh, he's been married for eight years to his wife, Erin, and resides in Waco, Texas, which is awesome. He owns two companies. We'll talk a little bit about that. Actually, we might talk a lot about that. And uh, he has some kick-ass hobbies. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, I
0: appreciate it, man. I'm I'm glad to be on here today.
1: Yeah, so we've met through kind of, I think, Mastermind? Yeah, through the Mastermind, through Apex. yeah. yeah. And then we're in a, a group with our buddy Keith and uh we meet every week. So it's been awesome kind of getting to know you. And we're in totally different lines of business, which is always yeah. cool. But yeah, man, so let's start with your family. Tell me about your family a little bit. And
0: so of course, you know, I've got my wife Erin, and you know, we've been married for, like I said, eight years now. But we've been together for gosh, going on thirteen years, I think it's been twelve, thirteen years is how long we've been together. And what's crazy is is she interesting enough she pursued me she asked me out on a date Ooh. yeah i always had a crush on her in high school and never asked her out and then she finally got tired of all the the other dudes and finally came to me and was like hey you want to go out with me so <laughs> i was like yeah let's go you know that's awesome uh, but anyway so yeah uh, we've been together for quite some time and then we've got two beautiful children jacks he's 5 and layton is 3 and man it's been some of the best years we have ever had oh yeah when did you guys meet or when did you start uh, dating we met in high school started dating when i was 21 and she was okay 19 all right so yeah.
1: so i got that's when i got married with my wife we started dating in high school yeah. so we've been married just a little bit longer at 27 yeah. years this july but uh, um but my kids are a lot older too so you're just kind
0: of starting to embark on your your parenting mm-hmm. journey yep how's it been man it you been? know honestly it's been great i will say the first couple years of our parenting life, uh, was tough. And honestly, it came with a lot of hard decisions, you know, throughout life. I guess we'll kind of just dive deep into this right here is, you know, let's do it. I was working for a company and it was my family's business and my wife. I had both my children while I was working for this other company and I was growing this company. I grew their company from, I would say they were doing half a million a year to in a six year span. I grew it to 12 million a year. But in that meantime, man, you know, to talk about being a dad, Uh, being a husband, I realized real quick, I went to an event and figured out where my priorities were in life. And not that I was a bad dad, don't get me wrong. I was there for my children. I was there for my wife, you know, but I remember the exact moment. I can't, I just can't remember which child it was. I believe it was my son, but we were sitting in the hospital and, uh, she was having contractions and I was sitting next to the hospital bed, uh, working on a proposal for a job. And honestly, man, I look back now and I'm like, gosh, what was I thinking? And two years ago, we're on our third year in business together. But two years ago, I, we both made a decision to step out and start our own company. And and honestly, man, it's it's been the best. So early 2020 is when I really shifted my focus to, you know, my obviously number one is Jesus. And then it's my wife and then my kids and then everything else falls in line. But have you heard me talk? <laughs> you know, it's, I really had to s- reset okay. my focus back in early 2020. And and so that kind of started a a whole journey for us. And I look back on those years in the early years when my child was young and a baby. I don't regret it, uh, but it, it was a big learning lesson. And now, man, every day I'm I'm usually home every day and I'm usually making sure that I'm my priorities and my schedules around whatever my kid's schedule is, and my wife's schedule is. You and I, I'm going to have to come on your podcast
1: and talk about this because my story is almost identical. I did it wrong longer than Mm -hmm. you did, but this is why I started the brotherhood of fatherhood to help other men understand that you cannot put work in out of line. You cannot put the pursuit of providing for your family above the other things. Mm -hmm. So I I talk over and over again about God. And then what I surprise people with is it's not family. It's actually my wife. And I'm very intentional about that. Then comes my kids, then, and I literally say, then everything yeah. else, because everything else will fall in line. And if you're pursuing God first, mm-hmm. and then you are taking care of your wife, and you guys are both growing in your relationship with God and with your relationship with the other, everything else you're comes serving naturally. everybody else that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So that is amazing, and it's really encouraging to hear that you learned it early mm-hmm. on. But you know, it's it, it's an awesome journey to watch other men go through who don't make the mistake. Right. As long right, as I right. made it uh, mine was for yeah. business as well. so you built your parents' business or your family business the 12 around 12 million Yes. was it you was it a new new input,
0: new blood, new vision? Um, no, so I was I grew up, man, all through high school I worked my eighth grade summer going into high school, I was working and I was working for a roofing company and I've worked in I worked for a big big roofing commercial roofing outfit, got a lot of experience throughout life worked in the oil field, worked at several different places. And this was back in 2013 that, um, we, I, I had it again. It was one of those things. It was a Jesus moment, you know, where I was like, all right, do I follow, keep following the world and following down this path of being immersed in this world over here? Or do I follow my calling? And, my calling at that time was to leave that place. What the, what the journey was and the next step, I didn't know. I just told my, told my dad, I called my dad one day. I said, Hey, I left. Not sure what I'm going to do just yet, but I think I want to open a roofing company. And he had a general contracting. It was called Montgomery Construction. It, it, he was semi retired. He worked six months out of the year and, you know, fished the rest. I mean, he's like, mm-hmm. Hey, I've already got the business, got the insurance, everything like that. Why don't you just come on with me? And so, like I said, he was doing anywhere from half a million to 750000 a year, you know, less than a million. And he's like, hey, just come on with me and you sell it. You do all the paperwork you do. Basically, I did everything. So I built our websites. You know, I did all our social media. I did the sales, the estimating. Sometimes I did the production, you know, going out there, doing it myself, you know, working during the day and then going working at night, doing the jobs and different things like that. And my first year, we did like a million or 1.2 million. And so that's what I did at sales. That's what I brought in sales. And from that time, I did that for two years as commission only. And then I decided to approach my parents and say, hey, look, I can't continue to provide a a lifestyle for all of you. Or when I say all of you, my dad, my stepmom and my brother, you know, with me just being the only guy selling work. You know, I can't provide for three different mm. family units. And I said, we got to be able to grow this company and grow it to where I'm not going to sit over here and have a heart attack because I'm working you know, 80 to a hundred hours a week. And so I ended up taking about a 50% pay cut going on straight salary. Now I went from making like 120,000 a year to $52,000 a year. Ouch. Um, Ouch. So we could put the money back into the company to start hiring people and growing. And in that span of, you know, from year one to, tw- you know, to six, we, we grew to um, a company size of about, I think, I think at one point in time we probably had, thirteen or fifteen people and you know we're we had on the books the last year I was there about twelve million on the books. And and so what it was was just the I brought roofing to them. You know, that's what we really chased. Uh we did construction as well, but that's what we really started focusing on was commercial roofing, public work, government work, stuff like that. So yeah, it grew grew at a, a fairly decent pace. And you know, it's not that I just was the one to make it all happen. But I had the drive for it, and I I was the hustler for it, and you know, right. so that's that's kind of where that went. Yeah,
1: yeah. How did it go? Splitting away. You know,
0: um, it, to touch on that topic. You know, in 2020, I went to an event. Uh, John Paramore, I don't know if you know who that is. I went to one of his events, and it was just a mindset event. Like, and we really focused on what's your why. And man, I came back mm-hmm. on fire from this event, and I was like, we got to nail, you know, because we didn't have core values in our in the company, we didn't have systems and processes you know we were wild west in it pretty much and I was like look we got to get our core values down that's the one thing we got to get nailed down now we got to get our core values and then we've got to start setting the systems and processes you know I want our our staff to have goals and all these different things that you want for a company you know to have good culture brought it all back and man it was just I was met with a brick wall, brick wall you know like bro what like I, I, I'm not in this you know I, I don't so I didn't have the alignment with my parents and my family and some of the employees were in line with it. Majority weren't. And that was okay. I mean, a lot of older people and some younger people and some people that just didn't care, you know? And so I started having talks with my family, my, my parents, uh, cause they own the business. And I was like, Hey, look, what, why don't I just buy y'all out? And cause at the, at the rate it was, I had a younger brother in the company and, and it was set that if something happened to my parents, it just, It transferred to us and it was split 50 50. And I wasn't real kosher with that. Just for the simple fact we could go, we could speak on this whole podcast about this, but I wasn't kosher with it because he, he didn't have the passion about roofing and growing a business like I did. And we had a pretty big falling out. I haven't spoke to my brother in probably two years. There was just a lot of things said bad about me in the, in the whole process. And, you know, For example, the the one last thing that he said to me was, you're stupid for leaving Austin because if you leave, it's just going to be yours. You know, if you stay, it's going to be all yours one day anyways. And I was like, well, that's not true because it splits between us. And he's like, look, it's, you know, I'll just sell you my half. And that's what I wasn't in into growing a business just to, you know, buy somebody out. Right. And not to say he was a bad person. They're all good people. We just had different visions on what we wanted to do. And so since that alignment wasn't there, Um, and they told me, you know, I made them several offers and they never accepted any. And so finally I just was like, Hey, look, I'm going to wash my hands of this. And November of 2020, I told my dad I was going to resign. And I said, look, I'll stay here and finish out all my projects. At the the same month, my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer. And then we went through and I told my dad, I was like, look, I'm going to go start my own company. And and I'm going to start my own company while I'm finishing all these projects for you. Like I'm not going to continue to sell, you know, and, but I'm going to go ahead and start preparing and, but I'm going to help finish everything out. Right. And and I thought that was fair because if I keep selling, then that's, it just prolongs the, the leaving. And so what we did was, you know, we parted ways and I left a little bit earlier and then I worked for them for about six months where they didn't have to pay me, you know, just finishing up projects while I started my own company. My wife and I, we both resigned from our positions and started January. Or right at the end of de- December uh, of 2020, but January 1st we lost her grandma. January 2nd we lost her grandpa. Oh. January 9th we lost her dad. Wow! So, all in the the three month span of him being diagnosed with cancer, we lost three three monumental people that were huge prayer warriors for us. Um, that were huge backers for us, not financially, but spiritually. Yeah. All while we started our, like right in the midst of starting our company and leaving my family's business. And so our first year in business, man, was tough. You know, we, Oh, it's 2020. Yeah. Boot. <laughs> 2021. We had the freeze in Texas, you know, yep. uh, 2021 was, it was insane, but I tell you, we were monumentally blessed. When I say we stepped out in faith, we stepped out with nothing. Cuz we were both living paycheck to paycheck. I think we did a little over 3 million our first year. And I mean, we were just blessed with tons of opportunity, blessed with lots of different avenues of things, and I chalk all that up to our faith. Honestly, that's, you know, and so there there's been tension with my family for that, you know, about 2 years and my parents and I, we have finally brought that back together. They have since given the company they had to my brother, they turned everything over to him. I think they were just ready to wash their hands of it and not be in the industry anymore. And, and, you know, and he's off doing his thing and uh, they're now retired and, you know, enjoying grandkids and everything like that as it should be, so.
1: Right, right. There's a lot to to unpack here. (laughs) I love these stories. It's it's interesting. Have you ever heard of the prayer of Jabez? I've heard of it. I don't recall it, but I've heard it. There's an awesome book called The Prayer of Jabez, but anyway, it's this thing about being blessed, and it's not a prosperity gospel. Right. It's not like, hey, if you if you follow God, you're going to be right. rich. But it's it's more about, I mean, you you basically just gave all of your success, you know, you just said, hey, this this is because we were blessed mm-hmm. by God. And so, why do you say that? I, I want to dig into your belief system. I want to dig into those people being like, what? what? Like, no, you did the work, mm-hmm. Austin. I, I kind of want to address kind of where you come from on that.
0: Um, you know, it, it's it's funny. we You're bringing this up. You know, we talked about this in one of my other, I'm going to call it a mastermind, but it's a round table that I meet with, the Christian round table. And we talked about the riches of the world. And they say that the riches of the world are the seat of men, right? And, you know, money is the root of all evil. I think at the end of the day, and we talk about this in Apex, it, it's what, you know, money only magnifies who you are, truly who mm-hmm. you are. If you're a jerk, a broke jerk. If you have money, you're probably going to be a a rich jerk, right? You know, and I think at the end of the day, it's what the intent is behind the money, behind the riches of the world that God gives gives you. It's what the intent is, and so for me, when I talk about my faith, you know, my wife and I, we we don't come from, you know, we come from humble beginnings. I, I will say that, you know, we lived a a great childhood, but it's not like we. We're just, you know, living in the Hamptons. And I've always been a person that has lived off of faith. And I'm trying to think of how I should put this. The way I usually put this to people is when people ask me to put a number on my business of what do I want to be one day? What, you know, how big do I want my business to be? I don't define it. I don't define it because it's not my plan, honestly. If I put a number on it, then it's, it's not his plan. And the one thing that my father-in-law, and I wish I had a little video that I could pop this up, the the last sermon he preached, and I should probably go back and say that that both my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are preachers. They started their own church, and that's what we go to, and that's what we're immersed in. But his last sermon, he told people, he said, look, if it's God's plan for me to die, there's a reason for it. And there honestly was. There was a reason my father-in-law died, and, and it was for my wife and I, for us to step out in faith now and not to rely on him so much. It was for me to now become, not say per se, become a man, but become a man in faith and and not have to rely on him, you know, to lead me through it. I now need to become the disciple. You know, he was the disciple to me and it's now my turn. And, and it, that, that was, I'm speaking that for a lot of men in my church as well, is, We now had to become the disciples. He discipled us, and now we're having to become the disciples. So I've always walked through life like that, just blind faith. Whatever doors he opens, you know, I can't tell you if I'm going through my business for one day to have to go through bankruptcy, for it all to fail and have to start right back over. I don't know. If If I do, then obviously there's a plan that God had for me to go through that, right? And I know that kind of sounds weird to say that, but honestly it is, you know? because if i try to make it my plan it's 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 not his yeah i mean it it doesn't seem
1: like a lot but when i realized that i was living my life to make a living Mm -hmm. and uh, you know i was doing i had a full-time career plus i owned a business that i was running when i made that decision i shut it down and to the cost of 350k in debt overnight Mm -hmm. and i did not have a plan i mean the the business was profitable, but when you shut it down, there's no more yeah. money coming in, especially retail, you know, retail business. And so, um, sure. It took me years to pay that back. I didn't, I didn't go in bankruptcy. I just decided my wife and I decided we're going to pay it back. Yeah. And people are like, well, would you do it over? I'm like, no, I wouldn't change a yeah. thing. The lessons learned in every phase of every decision are what, what forges yeah. us. And I believe God put that in my way so that I could, Uh, go through this adversity and have a have a story to tell and i you know and do you think that people especially business owners limit their possibility of growth by defining what they think success is
0: I, i really do you know and i do this little this little worksheet or something like that you know with especially with high school kids is i give them all it obviously fake but i give them all a blank check right and we talk about their why in life and in success. And I, and I put on there and I say, Hey, if you could put a number in here, what number do you think needs to be on here for you to be successful? You know, and a lot of them, it's, it's funny to get the answers back because you'll get any answers anywhere from well, 10 million, you know, I need to do 10 Mm -hmm. million a year or 20 million a year or a million a year, whatever that may be. And then occasionally you'll get the one that says zero. You know, because does money really define your success, right? And a lot of them, you know, you'll ask them, you'll say, hey, all right, so why do you think it's a million dollars a year to define your success? For you to be successful, why do you think it's a million dollars a year? Well, that's just a lot of money, you know? They And so it's really trying to get out of them, like, what are you working for? And are you truly going to work for that? You know, why do you want to work for that million dollars? You know, and so... I think a lot of people do limit their success when they try to start putting a dollar figure on it, because honestly, you know, at the end of the day, God's bigger than all of us and he's going to put a bigger plan in front of you than what you probably realize. Yeah, my wife and I have been talking
1: about this a lot. We have a, a big thing that we feel was put on our heart. And um, I think I've talked to you indirectly in our group about it. And it's, it's, a, it's a big change, massive mm-hmm. change. And it's bigger than we know how it can mm-hmm. happen. Like, literally, we're like, we have no clue financially how it can happen. Right. Uh, all those things. And it, and like every morning, I, I have a really crazy uh, morning routine that I do. There's a lot of prayer, gratitude, um, time in there. And every morning, I'm like, God, like, if you make this happen, if this is your will, Yeah. I have zero, this is incredible because I have zero place to say I had anything to do with it because it's right. so big. And I think that's where we kind of need to be in yeah. our lives. Like, I want, I, not only do I want things big to happen be, for my family, I want things big to happen so that for all, I, and like, if it's bigger than I can point back to myself, mm-hmm. that would be insanely yeah. cool. You know, and, and I think that there's just a place that where we kind of lose that. Well, we, we're, we're wrapped up in ego, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I really love what you're saying. And I like that that practice with, you know, high schoolers because they haven't developed right. a lot of that mindset at all. And a million bucks sounds like amazing yeah. until you have a million bucks and you think you need two yeah, million bucks. Yeah. And then when you have two million, you need right, four.
0: Right. <laughs> so
1: it's a rat race. You said that money is the root of all evil. And, you know, we, my wife and I've also had talks about this mm. a lot. And it's the love of yeah. money. Like the lusting after money, yeah. right? Or the, the, like loving money for money right. is very, it can be very right. evil, but money just magnifies who yeah. you are.
0: You know, and, and that's the thing. And I, I get so many guys that are in the, you know, that are faithful in their, in their walk and they interpret that as, as it states, you know, money is the root of all evil. But it, really, I think what they were, te- what God was telling us is, is that, it's the intent behind it because if you look at different stories where it's coming to money and what they were directed to do with the money or their, their 10th or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's the intent behind it, you know, and yeah, the, the, our tools are, our business are just tools, right? And our monies are just tools Our you know, we don't idolize money, you know, my wife and I, you know, do we need it? Yes. But it's all about the intent of what we do with that money once we get it. You know, are we hoarding it for ourselves? Are we storing it up? Are we trying to store it up for the riches of of heaven, which we don't get to take it with us, right? You know, or are we using it to further the kingdom? And, you know, I think at the end of the day, and that's what I try to tell guys, is like, look, money can be a very good thing. You know, you look at some of the biggest ministries in the world, they have to operate off money, but it's what they're doing with the money. They have to use it to be able to do, to further that kingdom.
1: And that's really the, the prayer, um, of Jabez is basically if you kind of break it down, it's like, bless me, like, but bless me so much so that I have influence in other people's life, which means you're, you're doing good for other people. And, um, it doesn't mean you're just handing out money. It's not like charity, but you know, it means something different you know depending on what situation maybe you are giving a bunch of money to your church which is great cuz then they're going to use it to foster you know new programs yeah. or missions or whatever how do you wrestle with the world telling you that two things that really the first thing should be your family and that I maybe you haven't felt this way but working with men for the last 3 years mm. It, the biggest thing I get is that they're like, no, 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 my kids are more important than my right. wife because they're next generation. Right. So we've got God. You and I both believe live by this what I call my value right. ladder. There's the top rung, which is God. That's everything goes funnels through that, and then it's my wife. And a lot of a lot of guys are like, wait, 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 wait. I would die for my kids, you know. But and they go in. How do you wrestle with that, or do you wrestle with that? And does anybody ever challenge you on
0: that? value structure that you have? I, honestly, it's a, it's a wrestle for me, you know, on a daily basis, you know, it is hard living a faithful life and, and, and I'm not saying faithful in, as in faithful to my wife, faithful to my kids, faithful to my business. What I mean is, is it's, it's hard to step out of the world sometimes and, you know, do a daily prayer to stay, you know, immersed into the word of God. You know, that's still a struggle for me sometimes. My my faith oh, yeah. still is, you know, I'm a very faithful person, but am I to a point where I'm reading the Bible every day? No. You know, I, that's still things that I'm working on in my life. So I have those challenges. I'm not going to say that I'm the, the perfect person, which we're, none of us are perfect, right? You know, but as far as putting God first and, you know, then, or sorry, going back to the wife or the kids, you know, my wife is my priority. You know, she I don't really I've never really had anybody challenge me on it. You know, the challenges I have seen from the world are your business should be first. Like your, you know, the money to provide as a man. You know, and interestingly enough, I had somebody ask me the other day when I was on a podcast. They said, you know, with the mental health of men, Do you have do you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders to provide for your family? Right. And of course it does. But the stresses of life, I feel like we put on ourselves, any stress in life. We put that on ourselves from the choices we make, from the actions we take, you know, and to everything in between. We put those stresses on our life. And, you know, I hear this saying all the time. I hear people say, well, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my wife. I'm doing this for my family. You know, and I look at people, and this is where I had to change my my mindset was am I really doing it for them? Am I really doing am I, I I look at this business, am I really serving this business for God? Am I really serving this business for my family? And my actions better show that. And, you know, if I'm spending all my time at work, you know, working eighty hours a week, hundred hours a week or even sometimes 60 hours a week on a consistent basis that I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not living by those values because I'm valuing more of my time focused on this business than I am God, my wife and my family. Yeah. We lie. I think men lie to
1: ourselves and we don't do it intentionally. I'm speaking we as in how I used right. to, I think I need to provide for my family. And that means I need to make right. money or more money than I'm making now. When, my wife would say like hey if we went bankrupt it does not change how much yeah. i love you and by the way the kids would have the kids th-
0: there would be zero I, change I, I, amen cuz i tell people this all the time like dude your kids don't give two craps what you nope. leave them in the future they want your they want daddy right now they want daddy at the baseball games they want daddy at dance recitals they want daddy at gym now don't get me wrong there's days that i have to miss some of those things it, it, that's, it just is what it is. You can't make everything, but I make sure of my darndest that I try to make everything I can, that I go to the practices, that I go to the games, I coach, you know, different things like that. But I tell people that exactly. Like, dude, your kids don't care what they leave, what, what you leave them. They care about you being there now. 100%. 100%.
1: There, we, we're just, we just get a perverted view of
0: what people care yeah. about because that's what we care about, yeah. right? And... Well, we and, want to give them a better life than what we had, right? Yeah. With, with, but, but but when it, we don't, what we don't realize is is that we've created a good life for ourselves by the actions we've taken, and we have got to realize that our kids got to do that same thing one day.
1: I've actually come. I'm quite a bit older than you. I've come to this thought of like, and I've told both my boys mm-hmm. this. I don't know that I really want to leave you anymore. Right. And they're like, and I and they're, they look at me and they're like, okay, why is that? I said because. I don't think it's really doing you any favors. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I really struggle with that because I really want to leave a financial, like, backbone for right. them. But I also know the value that I've had in creating something that provides for my right. family and then also learning the lessons that I've learned about what really matters to me because I think
0: failure brings us more lessons, Absolutely. honestly, than, than success all so, the time. So what I am doing for my kids And this is my wife and I are on the same page of this is, you know, I we both personally have a goal. You know, our kids are still very young, but we want both of them individually. And we've got 13 years for one and 15 years for the other. So it's totally doable. Our goal is to have them both be worth a million dollars by the time they graduate school. And that could be Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, an asset, you know, property or liquid or whatever it may be. But the, the intent behind it is not for them not to know. You know, I want to be able to raise my kids to where one day they graduate school. And if they want to go to college, great. I didn't go to college. But if they want to go to college, great. Or if they come to me one day and say, dad, you know, I really want to start investing in properties and I would like to start this business or I want to start a landscape business. Well, great. Here's a little bit of money. Go do your thing and start doing that. And hopefully I've raised them with enough ethic that they're not going to mistreat that money, you know? And so that's kind of our plan right now is for them to not know that they're having these assets built, but to one day if they're mature enough and they, they're going to utilize it for good, then they've got it there.
1: And I, I love, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast knows my stance on this. My son is 18. He graduated from high school last year and he said, I don't want to go to college. I don't know what I want to do. I want to own a business like you. How do I best get to that point? I'm like, you got to get experience, man. And so, you know, he's moving, I'm moving him up to Montana this week, next week to go work. And he's been working and he's been sitting in my office on business meetings, watching meetings, listening in and looking at the hard work involved. But, but uh, I'm, I've told him like when you're ready to launch a business, you need to come see me. You know, I'm going to be that financial backer, but but I'm not going to just hand him my business say, here you go. Right. Exactly. And, and I think a lot of, I love that you are like, whether they go to college or whether they do this or whether they do that, that's a, that's letting your kids operate in their own zone of genius or their own zone of interest. So I I love that. Um, I have a master's degree and I don't use it for how I earn money. (laughs) So, well, that's, that's awesome, man. Having, a, having them be worth a million coming out, I think that would warp them if they knew yeah. it. Not knowing yeah. it, I think that's yeah. brilliant. I think it's really yeah. cool.
0: And, and and that's my hopes behind it is that I can raise great tri- children to go out and, and start to do the hard work, right? And then one day to be able to say, all right, hey, you've been working your tail off for the last three years, starting your business, you know, or and want to invest in this, here you go. Like you've, you've earned this, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe not all at one point in time, but, or one time, but just to have that availability for them to, you know, to be there, you know, but still be able to experience the hard times as well. Yeah.
1: Cause there's so many amazing lessons that come through those hard times. absolutely. And you mentioned something really early on the podcast. You said I had a great upbringing, you know, Mm -hmm. humble, but a really great up. I'm in the same boat. You know, we didn't. Nobody was rich, but my my childhood was amazing. Like I didn't ever think about the money. I just enjoyed that I had loving parents who paid attention to me. I think we all need to really kind of set back and focus on that. So I have a few few tough questions for you. Maybe they're tough, but what do what is the biggest challenge right now for you in being a father? This is an easy
0: answer. What I am, and this is, it is my. It's actually both my wife and I, but leading a godly life by example and what i mean by that and i don't want you to think that i'm not living a godly life but just praying together with my children you know we've talked Mm -hmm. about it you know and of course they're three and five but they also understand too they also understand you know they understand that when we're with family and stuff and we bow our heads and pray you know it's prayer time they do see us go to life church uh, life church life group at church on a Mm -hmm. on a Weekly basis, uh, we go every Wednesday night. And they see, you know, they know on Sundays we go to church. You know, so we live that life. But it's the days, you know, that we're not involved, uh, whether it's going to bed at night or whatever it may be, or just having a uh, a family huddle to, you know, to pray. And I'm really trying to challenge myself to start doing that more. And and it's something I've struggled with. I think a lot of men struggle with. You know, one, sitting down with your wife and praying, you know my wife and I every yeah, night, man it, it's you know we should be, and mm-hmm. a lot of men find that tough to do, and it's I've found it tough, but i've I've given myself excuses not to do it, right and so i I would say that's the biggest challenge spiritually for me in my life right now is just making myself do it, you know, and it's something mm-hmm. I need to get better at. yeah, that is something
1: we've done right our you know our boys are yeah. older we pray we pray together as a family every single day unless there's, you know, just craziness right. going on and they're not coming home right. or whatever, eating dinner together very frequently. Yep. Uh we have family meetings every Sunday and and it just there's, there are some amazing things you can put into practice especially at this right. age that then like it's like unex, it's it's like an expectation and it becomes this yeah. thing where you're actually held accountable by your your family. So you're at a great yeah. place to be thinking about this because you're right. ahead you're really far ahead of most right. people. So that's really cool. And I, I appreciate the candor because I, I think most people, you know, like you you, you battled, you're like, no, I, I live by my faith. Yeah. But it's almost like you have to step it up and live out yeah. loud more than you have in yeah. the past. So that's really cool. So you say your wife is first. What are some intentional things you do to keep your marriage fresh and you guys on the same page?
0: You know, that's, that's a struggle. I tried to keep her first before my kids. One, like my kids are three and five. They have their own room. They, they should be sleeping in their bed. And there's a lot of times, and I haven't fought this unless it's been several nights in a row. Uh, A lot of times she just likes for the kids, Hey, come in, go to bed with us, whatever. And they've been on this kick for like the last month of, and I'm trying to break that habit. I'm like, no, like, this, when we go to bed, this is our time, you know, and mm-hmm. that's something her and I've been working on, you know, we're being that we're, we're not, I'm not going to say young in marriage, but young in the, the, you know, parenthood, she loves having the babies with her, you know? And so that's something, you know, we're not the best at it, you know, and just to be real, you know, we're not the best mm-hmm. at setting a date night, you know, because our life has been crazy and I've. I've had this conversation with Chris Zizzo, right? You know, he's my trainer is man, you know, from we get up at five 30 and to try to get a workout in and then to get a three and a five year old up and getting them out of the house and getting them to school by seven 30, you know, and then trying to get to work, bef- you know, by eight o'clock and then it's, it's all day long. We're blowing and going and then five o'clock hits we're done for done with work for the day, sometimes 5:15, 5:30. We got to get the kids picked up at 5:30. You know, then it's either gym, you know, gymnastics, baseball practice or some kind of practice and then try to get home, make a dinner and then shower, go to bed. And it, it's like that nonstop almost every week, 7 days a week. And we have our time that we usually find downtime. We've usually just we all kind of sit away from each not sit away from each other, but we're all just kind of relaxing. And so to be honest with you, we're at a point in our life right now that we haven't prioritized our date nights because we've got so much going on with the kids, because we've got so much going on with church. And so we're in the middle of this, this cycle of life of trying to find that time and prioritize the things that we need to prioritize. And take away what we need to take away and that's honestly been a big struggle for us right now because it's you know what what do you want to take away from because you want your kids to go play you know their games and stuff like that and you also want to be able to go to life group every week and then you got men's group and then you got women's group and then you got all these different things that want your time and so we're having we're in this honestly we're in this stage of life where we're having to figure it out it's a it's very common and here's
1: the trap the trap is is that you believe that this never ends and you because you believe that you believe that you're in a busy season you buy into it and you buy into it and you say tomorrow or next year or when the kids start driving or whatever it is by the time they leave this is why so many divorces happen you don't know each other anymore yeah like you've been you've lived for your kids and now you aren't emotionally intimate together anymore which usually messes up your sexual in- intimacy. Yep. And then you're like my wife and I tell our, our marriage story when those years, when I was just all in on work, we, we, we say we were like parallel lives like roommates, almost like busy do, do win <laughs> yeah. our thing. And we, we lost that really close friendship. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I just want to encourage you there. Obviously, it, it's, it's
0: it is tough. It's really yeah. tough, and it's something we recognize. But it's a priority. And it's something we, yeah, it's awesome. You know, we've recognized it, and you know, we've had a conversation not long ago where I was like, honestly, there was a time where I felt like we were just roommates. You know, yep. uh, we're just waking up next to each other and going on about each other's day. You know, um, you know, slapping on the butt on the way out the door, you know, type of thing. And so. We're we're right. working on it, and we realize it's something that we've got to shift our focus on. And you yeah. know, we've tried to start working out together. We're just it, taking it. You know, they always say one percent better every day, and so it's mm-hmm. recognizing it, knowing that there's a problem, and it admitting it one, and then two, executing on it, and trying to find a new path to make it better. What you're what you're talking about right now is intentionality. And that's the thing
1: I think that's going to make your marriage successful. This is what will make your marriage successful for the long run. This is what you will do. This is why you will raise, not kids, you'll raise future successful adults. This is why. It's because you're intentional. You understand the challenges. And you're saying, what are we going to do to fix it? And that's what we need more men to do. And and that's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, I'm calling you young. You're like... (laughs) 18 right, years right. younger than me or something like that. So, so for me, I'm I get a, I get all I get all excited when I see the future of uh men who aren't just doing the work, home, drink a beer, go to sleep, go to go to go to baseball, go to sleep, whatever yeah. it is. It's like, yes, I recognize this is something that I never can stop right, working on. Right. Yeah. Right on, man. Is we've covered all yeah, sorts of different topics. So you do a roofing mm-hmm. business roofing and construction and the killer thing i've noticed is that you you're doing roofing things all over the southern states, at least the southeast yeah yeah that's pretty spectacular we're
0: working you know obviously texas is our home state but we're working in louisiana uh, mississippi arkansas north carolina uh we've got project getting ready to kick off in kentucky and honestly anywhere in between um so yeah we're 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 spread all over the place and And honestly, man, these are, these are doors that have been opened up by him. You know, I I like to say that I'm the creator of opportunities. That's, that's actually what my title says in the company is the creator of opportunities, but honestly, it's him. I'm just the, the, Mm -hmm. the delegator of the authorities or the, you know, facilitator of the, uh, the opportunities. And, and so, you know, these opportunities pop up and they, they hit my door and, you know, I open the door and walk through them. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome because you're affecting a lot of families. I mean, you have a lot of people working for yes. you doing a lot yeah, of peril. Yeah. Uh So you have this new podcast studio. I can't help but be a little, <laughs> uh, I just don't have the the real estate for it yet, but you did, uh, you did a phenomenal Thank job, you. dude. If anybody, if you see the video here, you can, uh, if you don't, if you're not seeing the video, go check out a reel that we made and, and check out Austin's background His his studio is legit. And what I want to kind of lift you up for was, the other day, you had your kids yeah. in there, and you're just playing with your podcast stuff. But you have them sitting and talking, and I watched you interact. It was a little creep. I was being a creeper, <laughs> but you're putting it out there for everyone to see. And man, I just saw yeah. love. I just saw true love, and I saw um, it was just re- it was yeah. so cool. I, I, like it was so cool. Are, do they think your podcast studio is really really oh, neat they, or what, what do they, they think it. of it?
0: They 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 yeah. like coming in here and sitting in here. Um, they don't know what's. Honestly, going on, you know, that it's live on Facebook right. and I kind of have to get them to answer things sometimes. But I was talking with my wife, you know, after I did that, and I was like, look, I think I'm gonna start doing that probably like once a month, if you know, if anything, you and should. just bring them in here, let them talk. And it's honestly created them to be very social with people mm-hmm. and keeping them through church and life group and everything like that has taught them to be very social and loving. And so, yeah man that that was um a really proud day for me to come in and watch them do that and it, it was fun it was it was awesome one of them would disappear yeah. from the yeah. screen <laughs> go under the table
1: and come up somewhere yeah. else i just like oh i'm like oh my gosh this is so incredible watching a dad interact with his yeah. kids and be be loving and still trying to corral them a little yeah. bit but also let them explore and have yep. fun um so i commend you on that uh you're
0: starting a podcast though i mean have you even done your first official episode yet we have not done our first official yet i'm still i'm wrestling with it i've got several people on the hook that are gonna come record with me i think i've got one tomorrow uh with a a a very famous tattoo artist i've got one lined up with a up-and-coming female ufc fighter She's mm. actually making her debut in Vegas on the twenty ninth of this month. And so I'm trying to get it done wow. before she goes to Vegas just to kind of capitalize yeah. on that. Not capitalize, but to put it out there before she goes and fights. I am probably going to record a my first podcast, just me alone, and just kind of talk yes. about who I am, what I'm about, mm-hmm. and what people can look for. Um Absolutely. and so I just with with life and business, I haven't been able to sit and really reflect on how I want that to go yet, but I'm trying to get that done here pretty soon. Probably I'm going to go ahead and do these other recordings with these people, but I just won't post them yet. I'll save them for more content, you know, later on. But I, I plan yeah, on getting and, it, and it all released probably by the end of this month. That's awesome. And what's it going to be the called? The Growth Encounter. That's awesome. I originally had it as the flip side because I always feel like there's a flip side to life. There's a flip side to everything, right? But then, you know, we we did our I put on an event I think it's either a year, yeah, a year ago, called the Growth Encounter. Because I called it the growth encounter because we experience growth in every area of, lo- of our life. You know, whether it's faith, family, business, spiritual, you name it, you're you're gonna experience growth and then how did you how did you accept it and how did you execute on it, right? And so I recently switched it up to call it the growth encounter uh podcast. And I feel like, you know, it's not just anything uh one particular area of life you know i'm not just gonna have entrepreneurs i'm not just gonna have you know sales reps or anything like that i'm I'm gonna have everybody that's like this right here this is we're doing life together right and i want everyday people to be on my show i want i've got Mm -hmm. pastors that are going to be on my show i've got ministers i've got sales rep blue collar workers i've got tattoo artists ufc people like just people from all walks of life that may not live the same life as me that have all experienced growth. And I think we can all learn something from that. Everybody's got a story to tell Absolutely. and I want their story to be told. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Those types of podcasts are the most fun to
1: listen to just people's lives. Yeah. You can learn so much yeah. and, um, and everyone does have a story to tell. Not everybody knows how to tell their right. story, but giving them an opportunity is, is a real gift. And I've done at least 300 episodes on um, various podcasts, this one i think i said you were going to be number episode 163 so um and there's been a bunch that weren't numbered so it's probably at you know 200 right. for this ep- this podcast and then multiple for others that i've done and that's what i've learned is that if you let people tell their story if you it, just you can uh, as a host you learn yeah. so much
0: i mean you just like it's it's yeah. a gift
1: i'm like this yeah. is amazing and that's
0: that's all it's going to be <laughs> so, about it's not going to be about my roofing company my general contracting it's nothing about me at all. I am just mm-hmm. facilitating a conversation with another amazing human that has a story to tell. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome, thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, if anybody needs roofing,
1: they can yeah. check out the show notes. We got you in there. I want you guys to check out the podcast. Uh, once that's posted, hopefully you have it. We can put it yes. in our in, our, sh- in yes. our show notes and link that up. But I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. I look forward to I actually look forward to being invited to come play on your boats because they're ridiculously awesome we didn't even get to talk about your your uh competition fishing <laughs> yeah. that you do i mean there's like so many things we didn't even That's touch okay. on and, we save um, it for
0: another day we save it for another show
1: yeah right right but uh i have a little bit of boat jealousy when i when i saw what was going Dude, on summer's there summer's coming
0: up spring's coming up we'll we'll have to get together for <laughs> sure
1: so i know i grew up on boats so it's it's hey, are something you, that i are love you coming to do to MDM? i love being on water so my big event my event is the day uh, MDM is over. So I'm already gosh, in Montana yeah. setting up yeah. for that and that was far before yeah. MDM. If you guys don't know, MDM is a, a big um mastermind. But yeah, dude. Uh so oh, great. You guys if you haven't heard this yet or if, go buy your ticket. Yeah. Go buy your ticket big thing. I think it's going to it'll sell out yeah. this week or next. So it's probably too late. Hey, if it's too late, I'm yeah. sorry. You missed out. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys for paying attention and listening to this awesome story and go check out Austin. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.